welcome to Heroes of Brand Protection podcast, episode eight. Welcome back to another episode of Heroes of Brand Protection. I am your host, Daniel Shapiro, Vice President of Brand Relations at Redpoints, the world's fastest growing brand protection solution with a mission to make the internet a safer place for both brands and consumers. In these podcasts, we will share stories and industry insights from some of the leading experts in brand protection from many different industries. We're so happy you could join us today. Please check out all our episodes on www.redpoints.com forward slash podcast. Today, we are thrilled to be speaking with Andreas Arlebach, Director of Technology and IP Intelligence at Husqvarna, who at an early age really wanted to be a garbage man. But then he went on to study computer science, which he found out really wasn't his passion. But it piqued an additional interest to pursue the technical angle of being a patent attorney. He found he really enjoyed the complex world of IP. And now with over 20 years experience in intellectual property working for Ericsson and now Harskvana, we are thrilled to have Andreas with us. Andreas, thank you very much for joining us today. We're thrilled to have you here and we're looking forward to learning more about you and your company. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, I'm honored to be invited and happy to be part of this pod. Great. So listen, as as you are the director of group technology and IP intelligence at Husqvarna, how many coffees does it take you to get going in the morning? I, I can't really get going. I've got this large one today. I think it's like uh, 20 ounces, but what does it take for you to get going? Yeah, that's an interesting question. It's actually zero. Uh, I actually stopped drinking coffee like five years ago. Ah. Yeah. After, yeah, because after having 10 or 15 cups or rather mugs per day, oh, I, I suddenly realized I don't like coffee anymore. So I just quit. So why why drink it? So what do you drink now? To, uh, just a cup of cool water or what do you have? I have probably uh, exchanged it with uh, energy drinks. Energy drinks. Oh, very good. So I get the caffeine from other other sources. Yeah. So you're going for the cold, cold caffeine as opposed to the hot caffeine. Very nice. Yes. And um, when, when you think about some of the experiences you've had in your career or your life, is there a particular, I don't know, quirky or funny story that you tend to tell sometimes that sort of exemplifies where you're, what you've seen and done? I do. I mean, there is, uh, there is one in particular. It's a Japan related uh, and related to cold green tea. Uh, I was actually for over 20 years now, traveling around in Japan for a month, practicing kendo, which is a martial art uh, Japanese fencing. One of the first days there uh, after practice in the humid, warm summer, so I was in there in August, probably the worst time to travel around and practice martial art. But anyway, uh, so I was after the practice, I was hot, I was uh, thirsty. So I was thrown a can of soda or Coke, I thought. Halfway through the can, I realized this is cold green tea, a completely new experience for me. <laughs> I have never drink cold green tea before, but after that, actually, I got to appreciate it, and I now even love it. I was going to ask you if you uh, have added that to your repertoire of uh, of drinks. I have definitely. That's awesome, and um, that's a great story. You know, sometimes I think when you have the opportunity, like you do, to experience different cultures, right? There's different things that sort of resonate. So that's that's a great story. When you were uh, thinking of uh, as a kid, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up or or maybe even today as a grown man, but what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think probably the first time I, I thought about it was probably around seven or eight. I actually wanted to be a garbage man. 
that's good. We need those. Yeah, and, and, and the reason was that I realized back then, at least it back then in Sweden, they have an extremely good freedom of work because they started early in the day and ended obviously early. Plus, they have an incentive to work fast. The faster they work, the more pay they get. So I, I realized that's a good job, I thought. <laughs> and then so you pivoted from the idea of a, of a, of a garbage man. Uh, how, wh- how did you decide uh, to make the sort of jump or what, what inspired you to think to sort of pivot in once you got going? Probably that I went into more more I mean studies in universities and kind of getting an edu- education. I think that's then when I forgot about the garbage uh, career. I think. <laughs> and 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 how did you get on the journey you're in today? How did you get to where you are today? What what happened to you in college or work that put you in this path? Uh, it's probably pre- pretty much a coincidence. I mean, I studied computer science at university, and then, then you're kind of supposed to work as a programmer or system developer but i realized quite late in the studies that uh, first of all i don't like programming i'm not very good at it either so i had to find some different job and then i by coincidence i find a patent attorney trainee uh, career at ericsson so that's really how i started so it's by finding something completely different than my studies actually and and so then uh uh, once you got to Ericsson and sort of got in the patent space, is that when sort of started to find you in this space? Yes, it was. I, I realized quite early that this this suited my my kind of knowledge and uh, analytics parts that working with patents and the complex world of IP. Right, and so from Ericsson, you came here to your current role, or did you? Yeah, I stayed actually within Ericsson for eighteen years. So I three years ago I, I moved to Husqvarna. Wonderful. So for those for those who are listening who may not know Husqvarna, uh, what could you tell us about the company, the size, the products that you sell, maybe where you're headquartered, some of that interesting information that people may or may not know? Yeah, we, we normally, we Husqvarna people normally say we call ourselves the world's oldest startup having 332 years of history. Wow. We actually started 1689 making rifles for the Swedish king. That's how the company started. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. But the, obviously, we don't do rifles anymore. We stopped that like 50 years or something ago. But now it's the focus in forest and garden equipment and some construction tools. And and where are you located? We have our headquarters is formerly in Stockholm, Sweden. But we have a large site actually in a small town called Husqvarna. But actually, the town is named after the company, not the way around. Right. And you have uh, offices, I imagine, around the world, or yeah, it's worldwide. And we have, I think, major production sites in at least ten ten countries. Right, right. I mean, they're sort of famous in that space. Well, that's great. Um, as 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 the director of technology and you know IP intelligence, you know, what are some of the most challenging or hardest things you have to deal with in your in your role? Yeah, to me, I think it comes from the role as such. I mean, the challenge of for me having the whole company as an as a, an audience and as a customer and the receiver of the intelligence. I mean, you are supposed to support everyone, but you cannot present the same thing to the CTO as you do to the R and D engineer. So you need to think ahead and adapt the message and what kind of what kind of message do you want to convey to them and to to make the right decision. I think that's one of the hardest thing. And that, that, I mean, that never stops. I mean, you always have to think about that, work with intelligence. Yeah. And, and I imagine that you uh, have uh, multiple departments in different areas of the business that you're communicating with and managing these sort of expectations throughout. 
Yes, we do. I mean, since we also have, I mean, we have three divisions being quite different. I mean, some work with construction heavy tools, some with watering and gardening tools, and the other with lawnmowers. I mean, you you need to have that in your mind as well. What kind of what kind of intelligence do they want? I mean, they don't they're not after the same because they don't compete with the same companies. Each division has its own competitors. So you need to adapt that as such. So it's a kind of complex model to to to, to model um, the outcome and, and the input for them. And as you've been doing this uh, work now for the last three years for uh, Husqvarna, what what do you see as the challenging or challenges in the offline online space as they can kind of converge a little bit? Do you do you see that presenting a challenge, or do you see it presenting an opportunity for the business to grow? I think we see first of all quite many challenges. I mean, looking at offline or what you call it. I mean, offline and going online. I mean. We normally sell through dealers, so so they are the main interface to the end users, but they are also our service interface. So if and when we want to start selling online, I mean, we risk conflicting with our own dealer network. So we need to find a way to involve them in the process, so having them as a service place or, or service uh, interface without kind of ruining their business, but at the same time increasing our online business. So that's one thing regarding offline online. Then if you go, I mean, completely online, I mean, the counterfeits obviously is, is a big thing for us. I mean, safety. We're selling chainsaws and, and uh, spare parts of chainsaws. So we don't want anyone to get hurt. That's a bad thing for consumers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. In the end for us, yeah. The last thing you need is some chain to come flying off a chainsaw, right? Um, and so when, when you guys um, – manage this piece i would imagine in some of this heavy equipment and even gardening equipment and watering equipment that parts are probably a critical element or replacement parts or service parts is is a challenge it is i think that that's that's where we have the biggest challenge i mean both regarding sales online sales and counterfeit i mean it's it's quite seldom you see a pirated complete uh, lawnmower or, or chainsaw it's rather on the spare part on accessories right what other uh, question I was going to ask you, I was thinking about, you know, in your world of intelligence, uh, IP intelligence and uh, technology, is there a myth about your world that we need to understand? Like you're not necessarily a computer nerd or you're, uh, what, what do we need to know that is people might think of a guy whose title is, you know, IP intelligence and, and technology? Yeah, I, th- I think that, I think the most common thing people think is the whole IP or the patent business or trademark whatever is, is kind of boring old stuff, just old papers that collect dust in a large archive. But I mean, right. on, I would say on the contrary, it's more complex and interesting and challenging than anyone can imagine before actually working in the space. Because I mean, there is a reason I've been in the profession for 22 years. I mean, I've been staying in the same field because it's so challenging. It's so empowered every day i mean it's new things every day yeah i, I think that is sort of a, an interesting uh 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 well not a, sort of it's a very interesting answer because i think the challenge in our in this space of i don't know brand protection uh patents uh online offline um you know ip is that uh it's never ending whatever was whatever was happening yesterday it's different a little bit today yeah, for sure. I mean, looking back, I mean, just 10 or 15 years ago, I mean, everything was around product centric. Now everything will be or going to be service centric. And, and how do you protect services with IP? I mean, that's a complete new play area or business space to, to, to handle. Sure. 
and and I think few of us actually know how to do that yet. We are all of us are trying. It's trial and error. Yeah, right. You, you'll you'll know how to do it once you've been there. Exactly. <laughs> Until you get there, you don't know how to do it. That's great. Um, so uh, in our previous uh, podcast, we spoke to uh, Dennis Wilkie, who is uh, head of brand protection for uh, Clusa, a, a great watch company out of Amsterdam. And he had a question for you. I don't know that he knew you, but he certainly knows of your business, your company. And his question was, what's your favorite failure? Like if you think back over the things that have gone wrong, do you have one of your favorite failures? It was an interesting question. And tell us why. It is. And it's actually, this is also on a personal basis, going back to the same time area when I was traveling in Japan. It was the same year. Me and my university buddies, after the studies were done, we are actually traveling to Australia to get ourselves a diving certificate. So we were out diving in the Great Barrier Reef when I suddenly uh, lost my engagement ring. Uh, the story then evolved, of, obviously, by my friends, of course, into something interesting, completely different. One, including a phone party, for instance. So <laughs> not, not having so much to do about diving. So my fiance back then, happily now my wife, was not so amused at the moment. But I mean, now, 20 years later, it's quite quite a funny story, <laughs> which my friend still improves every time. The story gets better and better each time you tell it, huh? It does, <laughs> definitely. Did you get it replaced? Yeah, yeah, the replace. So there is somewhere in that great battery, if a gold ring that someone can die for, that's a treasure to be found. <laughs> um, what what advice uh, would you give a young person who is thinking of getting into this field of work, or maybe even a young person who's thinking of trying to manage their career? You know, you've done uh, uh, been extremely successful for the last, as you mentioned, twenty two years. What would you tell a young person who's trying to get ready to get started on their career path? I think, I mean, looking back to my own experience and what, what I kind of take with me through the career is that get to learn the basics. I mean, the development of IP. If you want to master commercialization of IP, being trademarks or patents, you benefit massively by having your own experience from actually creating the IP. I mean, being working as a patent attorney and then work with patent licensing or a trademark attorney and then with trademark licensing, etc. I mean, know the basics and know the whole chain of of IP. I think that's the the best advice I would give someone. Yeah, very, very good. Um, and is there someone uh, who inspired you during your career, someone you think about that was sort of a, a mentor to you that maybe redirected you and your thoughts on what you do? Maybe not so much. Career-wise, but but I would say rather before. I once had a martial art teacher actually who had a nice life philosophy. I, I would like to think. I mean, he he always said, "See or look at the opportunities, not the problems," and that is actually something I've taken with me also during my career to to be look at the positive side. There's always positive things you can see and and use that instead of focus on the bad things. Yeah, look for the opportunities. I think that's a that's that's a, that's probably good 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 inspiration for a lot of people, right? Sometimes it's easy to look at the things that don't work, but to look for the things that could be possibilities uh, makes a lot of sense. Great great advice. Um, so, Andreas, uh, following this podcast, our next one will be with our guest Travis Johnson, Vice President a legislative affairs and senior counsel at the IACC. I'm not sure if you know him, uh, but if you don't, or, or even if you do, what would be one thing you'd want to learn from his story? Uh, I would probably like to ask him, what advice would 
would you give yourself age 15 if you could go back in time and give you one single advice? What would that be? <laughs> That's, that is a good question. We'll make sure we ask Travis that question right out of the gate. What advice would you give yourself at age 15? I would probably say never stop learn, always be curious. Yeah. Because that's kind of always another life philosophy I have. I mean, there's, I mean, there's always new stuff to learn. There are always new experiences to to have. I mean, go chase them. Yeah, I, if I was thinking about that question for myself, I'd probably say, uh, d- don't think at 15 you know it all already. <laughs> I have I have raised a couple teenagers. There's no course they're in their 20s now, but sometimes at 15 year olds they tend to think they know everything at that point. So <laughs> don't get complacent on thinking you know, know everything. Yeah, that's that's true. I have two teenagers at home, boys, and and I, they will. I mean, they don't listen at me at all. So I mean, that's <laughs> probably some someone else has to tell them. Yeah, that's great. Well, listen, um, that's all the uh, questions I have for you. Uh, we appreciate your time and uh, energy. We loved hearing your story, and we we really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, thank you, Daniel. It's one. It's been a pleasure being part of this. It was super interesting to learn about your journey and the insights and tips with regards to brand protection. I have a few takeaways that really resonated with me, and I want to share them with you. First, knowing the basics, exploring the whole chain of IP can be a critical aspect for the job. For me, this applies to other career paths. It's critical to know perhaps your complete customer journey. Number two, never stop learning. Always be curious. There are new things to learn every day. Find them, go chase them. And lastly, when faced with problems, look for the opportunities that might exist in those challenges. Well, that's it for us today. If you've liked what you heard, check out our next inspiring personal story from another hero of brand protection. You can follow us on all of our platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Twitter and LinkedIn. Make it a good day.